the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God is merciful. Even in the midst of utter rebellion, he still extends his hand of mercy. And that is a comforting thought. As we begin today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand in Genesis 5. mercies of God are new every morning, says the psalmist. Why? Well, because we need them new every morning. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, who has us back in Genesis chapters 4 and 5, focusing in on the life of Cain, the sacrifice he gave, the unacceptance of that sacrifice, the murder he commits, and even then, God is still extending mercy to Cain. Join us for today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Here's Pastor Jesse. You can turn back in your Bibles, whatever form you have them in, to Genesis chapter 5. I told you God is a merciful God. He'll give you the command when you act the fool. He'll grab you by your nappy head and drag you right on out if he loves you. Isn't he good? Is God good? How many of you guys know that God will drag you out your mess? Yeah, might as well tell it. The only reason I'm safe and secure is because somebody hunted me down and dragged me out. And we know Lot was slow. We know he was slow. We'll get there in about five studies. And if you want to know how I'm going to be tracking this out, just read Hebrews because Hebrews 11 gives us our outline for the patriarchs we're dealing with. We're dealing now with uh, Enoch, because that's the way it unfolds, okay? He delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, one of the indicators that you're born again. You hate wickedness in the world and in yourself. Now listen to what he says. For that righteous man dwelling among them, seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Now, this is the generation I live in. The generation I live in was the generation Lot lived in, which is the generation that Enoch lived in. Enoch's going to teach us that. It's a generation where people are vilely, filthily, and unashamedly godless. It ought to bother us. Look at the next verse. Here it is. Notice what the Lord knows. He knows how to deliver the godly out of what? By saying, arise, move, and go. Do you hear me? Listen to it. And to do what? And to do what? Reserve the unjust to the day of punishment to be punished. These are the two paths of human beings. This is why David was saying the psalm. Go back to Genesis chapter four. Here's why David was saying the psalms. Why doth the wicked prosper? Why do they spread out like the green bay tree? 
Why do they get old, live long, have many children? That's what David was asking. Why do they often seem healthier and more abundant and more happy than those who are your own people? What David said, the only way I could answer that is when I went to a gospel church and the word of God was faithfully expounded. That's Psalm 73 for you. Okay, he says I couldn't answer it until I went into the temple. And when I went into the temple, the doctrine of atonement taught me that God saves and God damns. God's patient with sinners, but ultimately will punish them. And that's what the cross teaches us. God doesn't play with sin. Then he understood that he had put the wicked in slippery paths. Now, see, some of us really struggle with how ungodliness can just go on and on and on. Ain't that right? You just wonder how, how long? That's one of the prayers of all the saints through the Bible. How long, oh Lord, how long? It even runs up into the book of Revelation chapter 6. And I saw the souls that were under the altar. This here is called the sixth seal, fifth seal. And they were saying, Lord, how long? And that's because your walk in mind is a journey of faith that requires patience. And what's the word, saints? Perseverance. You can't get moved. You got to understand God is up to something. You got to understand that God is up to a day called the harvest. Now, see, the farmer can teach you how to be patient, can he? The farmer will teach you that you got to plow the ground, break up the fallow ground. You got to break it up real good. And then you got to lay lines that are even and right and consistent before you sow the seed. You don't get to lay crooked lines and obtuse lines and all kind of bizarre lines. Those lines have to be straight. That's called biblical doctrine. It has to be orthodox. Biblical doctrine, sound doctrine, coherent, linear, progressive, sound doctrine. So you can lay that seed down and you can know where you laid it. So when the rain comes and there is a harvest, you know where that seed is. You know where it came from. That's what God is doing. And we've been taught by God through Jesus, son in Matthew 13 to let the wheat and the tares grow together. That's the reason why we you and I are in the midst of so much trouble. The wheat and the tares are growing together. And sometimes fools think they're wiser than God and want to separate the wheat from the tares. You get that in churches all the time. These are works religion churches. These are Canaanite churches. Keep up with me. These are churches where men and women think that they can distinguish the elect from the non-elect by what they do or by what they don't do. Well, I don't think any of us are any smarter than the disciples and they couldn't pick up on Judas. The other thing is Jesus obeyed his own principle. He let Judas grow up with them. Now you let them grow up to the harvest because in the harvest you discover that some folk who were boasting how saved they were, weren't saved at all. Then you find the other folks struggling like all oh, get up. Lord, I don't, I don't know, Lord. Have mercy on them. I mean, struggling, Lord, I don't, oh, Lord, I don't know. I sure hope so. Lord, have mercy. May the blood atoning work of Christ be my Lord. Have mercy on me. Y'all keeping up with me? 
Everybody in the church saying they're lost, they're not saved, they don't know Christ, they're not making a, a, a firm confession of faith, they didn't come pray the sinner's prayer. How many folks you know have prayed the sinner's prayer right back out the door, right back to hell? Anybody keeping up with me? It's a delusion. God is the one that's going to be glorified on that day when he pulls back the curtains and exposes who his people were and who his people are. In the meanwhile, the just shall live by what? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Close your eyes when it comes to wanting to turn around and judge everybody else. Let God work that out. You need to work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. We find folks that are so sure everybody else is unsaved. As soon as the wind blow, they gone. Am I making some sense? All right. So what we're dealing with here in our text is something that I want to call your attention to, to resolve a little bit of theological controversy, but not much for me. I think I have persuaded you that Cain's fundamental problem here is he thought he could come to God without blood. Now, here's a paradoxical reality that's going to come up. Subpoint A, Cain was what? Yet unthankful. Is that what I say? Yet unthankful. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 121 that the fundamental disposition of the unsaved world is that they are unthankful. Listen to what it says. Listen to what it says. Now, listen to the disposition. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they what? but became vain in their imagination and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is where we are today, are we not? So now listen to me very carefully. Just because you say thank you with your lips doesn't mean it's coming from a heart of thankfulness. But I'd rather hear you say thankful with your lips than not. Because it would mean that you understand the appropriateness of disposition when somebody gives you something that you don't deserve. Or maybe you did earn it, but it's the appropriate thing to say thank you. I was uh, on an errand because I'm a, I'm a deacon at this church. I was on an errand this morning as one of the deacons. You guys see about 25 deacon brothers out there running around trying to make this place presentable on Sunday mornings. And I was Running an errand as a deacon, glad to be one. My master was a deacon. The son of man came not to minister, uh, be ministered to, but to minister. It means to be a deacon. Kick up the dust and do whatever God says. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. So as I was out doing my duties, I saw a homeless brother. And I always have an answer for my homeless brothers these days because God's been good to me. I haven't seen a homeless day in my life. I deserved it, but I haven't seen one. And so what I do is I just make sure I keep me some care packages for my homeless brothers. I ain't going to tell you what mine are. I'm just hoping that you have some. Because I know this, if I ever end up homeless in the way my crazy government is acting, they're going to definitely make sure I'm homeless. I want people to do for me what I do for them. Now, I don't care if nine people walk past me, but I want that 10th person to say, man, that boy looks so bad. Give him something. Did you hear me? 
And so I make sure I give them something. I'm just showing you something, showing you something. And I don't make a do about it because that's not who I am. I just lay it down beside them. And by the time they see it, I'm gone. I have yet to see a situation where I've given somebody something and they did not say thank you. In addition to that, God bless you. I said, my goodness, there are more people saying thank you and God bless you that are homeless than the average person that has a job. Now, let me show you church folk in the person of Cain. Cain was yet unthankful in two ways. Now, Cain came with a sacrifice that theologically we could argue in the book of Leviticus fell under what we would call the thank offerings or free oblations. Now, a thank offering is a, or a free oblation is like when you realize that you've been so materially blessed by God that you just give God some of it back. Like a thank offering would be equivalent to your giving. Am I making some sense? Now, generally, when you give appropriately and it is a thank offering, please listen to this. It is in addition to or supplemental to your sin offering and your trespass offering, which you do when you offer to God what God gave to you in the person of Christ. And that is the grace of God and his atoning work. In other words, those of us who know how to worship God know that we are only reconciled by the blood of the lamb. And we give unto God an acknowledgement of the blood atoning work in our behalf. Otherwise, I am not yet reconciled to God. Will you please hear me? We come to God through the blood, through the sacrifice, through the death of Christ. And in addition to that, we give God of our other gifts. We never give God of our other gifts separate from the blood atoning work of Jesus Christ. Did y'all hear that? I'm going to drill down into it because it doesn't seem like you did. You never come to God and say, thank you for giving me a job. Thank you for making sure that I'm healthy and well. Thank you that I got all these earthly carnal benefits. But I don't want your son. Luke 18 verse 9 tells me there were two men who went on the temple to the temple that day. Two men and one of them was Cain. And this first one whose name was Cain represents the Pharisee. Then there was another one whose name was Abel. And Abel represented the publican. There's your binary again. Do you see it? Now notice what it says over in verse 11. Luke 18, 11. Notice what it says. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. He felt so good about himself, his good works. Remember, I told you Cain wanted God to just accept what he brought, accept what he brought as if what he brought was the same as him. Remember that? This is where we are today in our culture. Folk want you to accept them on the basis of what they do, how they identify themselves. 
male or female, it, that, and every other thing, right? And they don't want you to distinguish what they are doing from who they are ontologically and naturally. They want you to buy the whole thing. They want you to swear that unless you accept them as this and that and the other thing, you don't accept them at all. What a foolish notion. Am I making some sense? I told my daughters this a thousand years ago when this stuff started emerging shortly before Obama came on the scene because he accelerated it by law exponentially. The White House went to a rainbow house. I didn't think it could go back from worse than that. How far can down can you go from the White House? But the next thing we know, we got a rainbow house. Am I telling the truth? And I was fighting the battles back in that day during that time. Say, it's going to go from bad to worse. They were saying, no, it's not. It has gone from bad to worse. And so what we got in our text here is a demonstration of a man who was able to thank God for himself. Do you see it? Listen carefully. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I, there it is, there it is. Read your Bible carefully. The center of this narrative, the center of this supplication is the man himself. Notice what he's doing. He's thanking God that he is who he says he is. Listen to it. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not as other men are. Do you see that? There's your proud, self-righteous, godless, bloodless, self-lying, self-deceived human being that thinks he or she is better than somebody else. And they're arrogant enough to actually present that corrupt, vile offering to God. Do you see it? You see how deceived they are? Even to bring it to God, I'm so glad I'm not like those crazy folk over there at Grace. I'm so glad I'm not like that zealous woman that's always talking about Jesus. I'm so glad I'm civil and rational and and reasonable and, 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 and I love everybody. No, you don't. You love yourself and you hate God. Yeah, you do. And you hate those that love God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? This here is an unthankful, thankful offering that this Pharisee who represents Cain is offering. Did you hear that? It's an unthankful, thankful offering. It's unthankful in that this Pharisee has rejected what God said is needed to even be able to draw near to God. This man is unreconciled. This woman is unreconciled. They're lost. They're as far from God as can be. Would you say that? And therefore, it is only fitting that the text said he prayed with himself. God wasn't even in the room. Now, this is even more remarkable because it's inside the temple. This is what I meant about God consciousness. Are you hearing me? This man is so wrapped up in himself, he can actually go inside the church, exalt himself and tear down his brother. And tear down his brother. Read it. I am not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterous, and even this publican. And even this publican. He's in church 
pretending to talk about God and cursing his brother. That's Romans 14. Remember, I taught you that a few weeks ago, right? Receive him in the faith, even if he has a weaker disposition than you do, right? Who are you to judge another man's servant? Before his own master, he stands or fall. How arrogant is Cain? But can you see Cain now? How arrogant is Cain? How arrogant is Cain? Are even as this publican. And Jesus tells you who went down to his house justified, doesn't he? This Pharisee was damned and this publican was saved. Listen to the next verse. Watch this. I tell you, go back to where we were, please. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, yes, yeah, stay there because we can get past all his self-righteousness, right? I tell you, this man went down to his house, what? Oh, I need you to go back because I, I, need, to, I need to hear the, the prayer. There it is. There's Cain. I mean, I'm sorry, Abel. Do you see Abel? And Abel standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. Sacrifices and offerings I would not, but a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise. Do you hear what I'm saying? Very few Christians pray to God. Because real prayer requires a disposition of the heart of humility and first things first. You can't talk about talking to God while you're not reconciled to God. And if you're reconciled to God, you're going to quickly remind God that you thank him for the reconciling blood of the Lamb of God. That establishes the grounds upon which we get to draw near to God. I'm not going to come to you with onions and, 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 and leeks and garlic until I come to you with the blood of your own son. That's what the Hebrew writer said we should do. Hebrews 13, 15. Listen to it. Hebrews 13, 15. We'll come back here in a moment. I, I told you I'm doing some teaching, so it's dangerous today. By him. Who was the him? Jesus. By Christ. Listen to this. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifices of what? By the death, burial, and resurrection, by the blood of the lamb, by the atoning work of Christ, by his humility, his suffering, his death and resurrection, by him who loved us and gave himself for us, do we offer everything, not apart from it, through it, through the blood atoning work of Christ, through the acknowledgement that we are the sinners, he is the savior, through the fact that he died and was buried and rose again on the third day, we come to God through Christ and we offer sacrifices of praise to God, doing what? Continually, that is the fruit of our lips, doing what? See what I'm saying now? We give thanks to God through the blood, not apart from the blood. Through the blood, we first come acknowledging that we're sinners. He that saith he has no sin is a liar and the truth is not in him. He that confesses his sins... God is just and faithful to forgive him of all his sins and to cleanse him from all unrighteousness. Am I making some sense? We come to God acknowledging what God said we are because in doing so and receiving the sacrifice that brings us back into unity with God, we may presume that God has accepted the sacrifice as he did with Abel. Am I making some sense? Good. It's very important to understand then my proposition under subpoint. A, uh, under point number two, the brutal mercies of, a res of reserving the wicked. Cain was yet what? Yet unthankful. Go back to Genesis chapter five. Let me show you what I mean by that. 
Look at verse three. Verse three, God shows up in Genesis five, uh, four, I'm sorry, Genesis four, three, talking to Cain this way. I want to run this line so you can see it. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought un, brought of the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. Notice what it says over in verse five. Genesis 4, 5, I want to keep following. But, to, but unto Cain and to his offering, God did not have respect. And Cain was very what? His countenance fell. Look at verse 6. Notice what it says again. And the Lord said unto what? Cain, why are you angry and why is your countenance fallen? Now, saints, listen. That was an act of mercy on God's part. God came to Cain and said, Cain, we can fix this. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 10.30 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.